0: Shoot the money, never lie, no I'm the one, yeah I'm the one, early morning in the dawn No, you wanna ride now This from the one, yeah I'm the one, yeah Hear you sick of all those other imitators Don't let the only real one intimidate ya See you watching, going out of time Hey
1: guys, how's it going? Fresh episode of the Let's Get Weird pod uh, I am very excited to have uh, this guest on this week um you may know him as the beat writer for the yankees uh you might know him from his podcast yuppie junk which is hopefully coming back we can get into that a little bit later uh he's definitely uh the reason why there's a let's get weird pod right now um so without any further ado uh i have jack joe keenan is that how you pronounce that shit yeah no
2: one ever says it right
1: is are, are you polish is that what that is
2: it's Finnish, so uh-huh. it's just like the hockey players Jokinen in Finnish. There's like no hard J; it's a soft J. But I so- guess it's like an Ellis Island thing. I mean, I don't know how long <laughs> ago anyone from Finland came here. Like in my family, I'm a Jack the Fifth too. I have a B on my license. But I've oh never wow, I up didn't know the that. other Jacks.
3: Huh. Yeah,
2: I I don't know much about my history, but. Um, yeah, so it's finished. So a lot of times I get, um, like I just started a, a Facebook page because you're supposed to do that. Like I have a profile, but I started like a, a page, you know, at Barstool JJ, but it's got my name. Okay. And I'm getting a lot of followers who are like Finnish because I think they made <laughs> me think I'm like a hockey player.
1: <laughs> Which I, and I don't think I'm poking fun at you by saying this, you're kind of the furthest thing from.
2: No, I hate hockey. Cool. I don't know anything about hockey. I'm definitely not in hockey shape. I think I went ice skating like six times ever in my life. It was all when I was younger. And I really only went because I would wear like Adidas swishy pants. And when the Zamboni would come out, I was always the first kid on the ice after the Zamboni went off because there was fresh, like, water on and i would just slide across the ice i would practice my baseball slides with skates
1: on <laughs> i think i went ice skating like one time and i broke my arm so hockey's my favorite sport the rangers are playing right now as well as the yankees uh so thank you for joining us during that um but yeah i broke my arm and i don't think i've ever like like i'm like butcher Gross who like doesn't know how to skate but he's like the face of hockey at espn yep so, yeah,
2: it's one of those things, though. Like, you do something once, you break your arm. Like, don't go back. It makes <laughs> sense. It totally makes sense. When I was, like, four, I was, like, four or five, we went to go visit, like, some family friends in upstate New York. Where? And it was my first time ever, like, around a
1: horse. Where Where and upstate? Westchester? N- no,
2: like, real upstate. Like, we had to go, like, a fucking while. Okay, was, my grandma um, lives
1: in Utica. I don't know if it's uh, somewhere it, there.
2: It might have been up there. I don't know. I okay. was, like, five or like four or five so i remember but uh like they had a farm and they had horses so i got on a horse for the first time ever kid from the bronx i'm on a horse and that horse bucked it fucking tossed me Oh man. and my parents were like my dad's like come on you gotta get haven't you ever heard get back up on the horse and i was like no dad i'm five i only hear the things that you say and i'm not gonna get on that horse that just threw me
1: didn't superman like break it like or like one of the guys who played superman break his yeah didn't he break his neck falling off a horse yeah that like like i mean and and your dad and i mean uh this is gonna sound weird but i mean this is and and we were talking about this before the show i'm pretty familiar with your dad and what he's like so i could definitely see your dad just being like stop being a fucking pussy get back on that horse
2: yeah like basically like as polite as you can at like a five-year-old until (laughs) like my mom's out of like if, like distance to be able to hear me and uh, then yeah like a lot of like you're fucking embarrassing me Yeah.
1: so you're from City Island um I my my grandma was a librarian at Manhattan College still lives in Riverdale uh my mom is from West Farms um so I was like, also kind of brought up in the Bronx but I was really raised in New Jersey so w- that sucks w- actually I gotta disagree with you there I fucking love Jersey dude
2: Ugh good for you. You've got uh you've got pork roll. That's,
1: Isn't your wife from girl. South Jersey?
2: Yeah, yeah. It's I've been, you know, tripped by a shapeshifter. That's what happens <laughs> sometimes. There's Jersey girls, they'll wheel you in.
1: Honestly, okay, so I just spent four years in Indiana attending IU and every single girl that I dated was either Jewish or from the tri-state area. There's just something about these girls, dude. I don't know what it is. They just reel you in and they do not fucking let you go. And and you can spot one of them out of a fucking crowd. Maybe not Connecticut, but if you're from New Jersey or from somewhere in the city, for sure. Like, you're you're walking a different way.
2: It's about, like, it's an attitude thing,
1: I think. Oh, for uh, sure.
2: There's just, like, that East Coast attitude and, like, that's what you're into. Like then, that's what you go for. Mm-hmm. Like, don't get me wrong. I mean, you're down in Texas, so there's a lot of like cute blondes with short shorts and cow and you know cowboy boots or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but I wouldn't know like, what to say to them. Like, yeah, I want to fuck you, but like that's literally <laughs> all I would have to say to them. Like, can I come in? If I can't be inside you, then we've got nothing. <laughs> I went to a Kenny Chesney concert one time in 2003, and that's like, all I've got.
1: I, I really want to disagree with you, but the one girl I've semi-dated down here is a blonde girl from South Carolina. So, yeah, and she's actually moving back to South uh, South Carolina this week. So
2: Great, so that really worked out. So you were right and I'm wrong.
1: <laughs> um, Circling back to the Bronx and kind of what's going on right now, how about our fucking Yankees? <laughs> Where did this team fucking come from? And I know... I just got the ESPN update. I think we're down to the Reds right now. But what the fuck is going on? This was supposed to be an eighty-one and eighty-one team, maybe making the playoffs.
2: So we, every like baseball analyst, put us at eighty-one and eighty-one, mm-hmm. uh, five hundred team at best. And the line in Vegas shifted up, uh, and I think the line in Vegas shifted up just because there was a lot of action of you know. Boston sports fans in Vegas for the Super Bowl. That's kind of like when the line started to shift. So I don't know if there were people like, oh yeah, like you know, I I feel more familiar with the team, and they betted to and ended up shifting the line. But eighty-one and eighty-one is kind of the the team that we were going to to war with. And I said all along that I think the team that we have could be an eighty-one and eighty-one team if you let it play out, even Mm -hmm. with what we have right now. But if the guys that we have now play hard enough, to play well enough, they can get some extra pieces added to make us a 90-win team. And I think that's what's happening. We're kind of sorting through a lot of stuff right now. I mean, we're down 5-2 Uh CeCe stinks. Uh, and he stinks <laughs> because he, he's old. Uh, he doesn't have the fastball anymore. We're never going to release him. He'll get moves to the bullpen. Mm-hmm. And, but you need that veteran leadership because last night, Drew Storen hit three Yankees. And I yeah. couldn't retaliate, whether it's on purpose or not. Yeah. The f- you hit one by accident, all right. You hit two by accident, maybe if it's spread out, but yeah. not back-to-back. But you hit three guys, someone's got to pay for that. And last night we couldn't do it because we didn't have a bullpen. Yeah. CC's leaving this game by drilling someone in the ribs.
1: Sure, sure.
2: And you need that veteran leadership on the team.
1: I'm not the most dedicated Yankee fan, uh, kind kind of fair weather, but you know, I'm, I'm really more of a hockey football guy, so, uh, but I gotta tell you, watching the Yankees this year, and I don't know if it's because I'm out of college, and like, I'm sitting behind a desk, and like if there's a game on at 2pm, I can watch that now, or you know, what it is, but watching the Yankees this year, is just so much fucking fun, dude. I mean, yeah, I mean everyone is stepping up to the plate and just going fucking Yabo it's fucking insane
2: yeah we're not out of any game which mm-hmm. uh, is a big difference from the past couple of years like if we got down five two in the third inning the last two years that game was over yeah uh, but now you know the fourth inning someone hits a double now let's see what's gonna happen
1: so you you've mentioned this on a few podcast podcasts that you've been on but you're woke on David Price right now.
2: Yo, David Price needs Tommy John surgery. It the best thing to happen for him. Um, if he was a younger player, let's say this happened to a guy who's like twenty-three or even like just in the minors, mm-hmm. he's having Tommy John surgery and coming back in a year and a half. But because of his age and the amount of money that they've invested in him, one, they don't want to let this sit on the shelf for a year and a half. They got to try to push through. Two, at his age, since now he's in his thirties there's more of a risk of will he be able to come back and be as effective as possible. Mm -hmm. So if you can get in a a year where you're supposed to win your division, you just added Chris sale and you know, you got blown out of the playoffs last year. If he can contribute this year and they can get him, you know, rehabbed enough to be able to contribute this year, they should be making a run at the division. They shouldn't be five and a half games back or whatever they are when this comes out. And, so they're trying to push through it. But the backside of that is it's all right. And now they're saying maybe in three weeks he's been throwing these like simulation games. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's, he's around the team. So that's good. He may come back this year. But he's going to have like two starts. Really have to go out there and put 100 pitches on that arm. And then what happens? You end up going out for Tommy John surgery. Missing this year and next year and getting to watch our parades from home. <laughs>
1: I mean, I, I, I hope that that happens because I guess I'm obliged to hate the Boston Red Sox. But, I, I mean, everything right now is Orioles-Red Sox. I mean, the Yankees and Red Sox, I, I feel, don't really even have a rivalry anymore.
2: I went to a game two Wednesdays ago, the, mm-hmm. the first of the two that they played at Fenway. Okay. And it's the lowest attended Yankees-Red Sox game in the last decade. That's a little, that's a fact. That's not just me making jokes, That's a fact.
1: I I don't Um, even know.
2: But, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, right now they've got a lot of heat. They're both, I mean, the the Orioles are, you know, fired up. They feel like they've got, you know, they're in win-now mode. And I'm happy. Let them fight it out. I I want a Yankees-Red Sox rivalry, but right now, if these guys can just get by winning games and not being distracted by stuff like that, like, Mm -hmm. you know what, focus on the Reds today. Right. Worry about the Red Sox when it's time to. It's gonna, you know, work out much better for
1: us. This is gonna be a super smooth segue. You're gonna be really impressed. Speaking of the NL Central with the Reds, uh can we talk about how the shift from most insufferable uh fans has really shifted from Yankees to the Cubbies? Like, when these guys won their fucking World Series, like they are just the fucking worst people. And people forget that all these kids are Black, whatever, Blackhawk fans. They, they can't fucking name anyone on the team, but they're all Blackhawk fans. You guys have had your championships.
2: Well, I just spent a week in Chicago. Um, mm-hmm. And and I, I went out there for work. I stayed for the series, um, you know, catch a little baseball. And I'll tell you, you know, some of the, the fans are really tough, but you got to remember that there's really only like 17 Cubs fans.
3: The rest of them
2: are like kids who were from somewhere else, and we're like, "I'm going to go to a Big Ten school," and it's like, "Oh yeah, we're going to take a road trip to Chicago for the weekend." And I saw a cute girl in a Cubs jersey, <laughs> or you know, just have some tie to the Midwest and abandon whatever team that they were previously involved with because you go from those big ten schools a lot of times now now you can go down to Austin and there's opportunity there. But a lot it. of times you just end up in Chicago. Otherwise what do you, you end up in like Milwaukee and kill yourself? <laughs> so <laughs> you go to Chicago, you become a fake Cubs fan, they win the World Series, you go, you drink in the streets, um, but then yeah, once things start to go to go bad, the you know, the attendance will drop again.
1: Do you and think, the Yankees uh, get
2: another run back?
1: Do you think that the Cubs winning the World Series was a good thing holistically for baseball? Uh
2: no. I'm so I like a lot of the guys on the Cubs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're exciting. how can you
1: not? How can you not? I mean, Schwarber went to IU, so I mean, I'm 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 a, I'm a Cubs fan. I just hate the fucking Cubbies, like like it's, like their fans.
2: It's just that like. So when the Red Sox broke the streak, that baseball's an old sport. It's just, it's old, and we have these old things. We still have batting practice, which makes no sense. There's no logistical reason why they should do that with all the batting cages that they have mm-hmm. underneath the stadium. There's a lot of shit we do that makes no sense. We have a lot of old, weird traditions. Don't step on the line when you're going out in the field, things mm-hmm. like that. And tr- two traditions we had were the Red Sox lose and the Cubs come close, and then they lose also. And now we, like, don't have that anymore. What do we have? Oh, the Padres haven't won a World Series? Like what is that going to do for us? Mm-hmm. Nothing. The Padres may have won a World Series. I'm, maybe I'm thinking of the Chargers. But either way, <laughs> it's going to be like just, you know, we, we, it's just like, oh, man, the Raiders have never made it. How long is that going to go? Who gives a shit?
1: What's you, Okay, so you've known KFC for a long time has he kindergarten kindergarten you guys just hanging out uh are are you guys the same age are you guys both 30 or whatever
2: 32 32. yeah no we've literally for like first day kindergarten just like ended up sitting next to each other wow
1: and so you're obviously a huge yankees fan he's obviously a huge mets fan has has he always been so hateful
2: (laughs) yeah yeah no there's no show to that um there's a lot of bitterness, like especially like sports bitterness. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he'll even admit, like he's not as big a Jets fan as like he's become more like covering the team for sure. But not yeah. The Mets stuff. Growing up, it was all Yankees fans, and him and another kid were Mets fans.
1: Well, that's what he gets for being a Mets fan, and I, I think he said like like it comes from his mom or something like that. Yeah, She's, that's the weird
2: thing. It's not even his dad; it's his mom.
1: Yeah, which is I I, I don't know. But what, what my mom's actually a Mets fan too so i i don't i don't fucking know what what it is about uh, i i don't know she's a Mets fan too uh but shit you I-
2: got to worry about moms who are Mets fans <laughs> who are, like old enough to do shit during the 80s while these guys were out like doing coke running around town. <laughs> like I don't want to come and be disrespectful on your podcast, but, like, your mom might have blown Keith Hernandez. Like, you have no idea. Anyone who's, like, a, a fan from that time, they're all frontrunners. And you don't want to hear your mom was loving the Amazons in oh,
1: the 80s. <laughs> yeah, dude, I have, I, one, I have no idea who Keith Hernandez is. I'm guessing he played for the 86 Mets. They uh, might be your
2: dad.
1: Wow. I don't know. Yeah, that that would be a surprise for Bruce. That would be a big surprise to find out that Joanne had this complete other side to her. Yeah, you
2: never
3: know.
1: <laughs> <Is there laughs> Daryl Strawberry out there, Soul Pole. Oh you never know. man, wow, the <laughs> wow this pot. Wow, I did not see this. You know, it's 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 always so interesting because I feel like for the first like I always tell people. For the first 20 minutes of my podcast, don't fucking listen to it. Listen to the last 20 minutes to a half hour once, like, I get my guest like, warmed up because, like, you know, I'm a fucking asshole, and uh, sometimes, like, the first 20 minutes doesn't go so well when you're talking to an Instagram model about w- dick pics or whatever the fuck you're talking to them about. But, you know, you, you just come right out of the fucking gate. You're the real fucking deal, JJ. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, I
2: asked you earlier, I was like, what are we going to talk about, like, because I never know when people say, like, you had mentioned Yankees in, in, like, possibly talking about it like that. And mm-hmm. you know, I was just like, I always worry when you're, like, when you cover a team. Mm-hmm. You can go on a show sometimes, and then someone's like, well, Gary Sanchez isn't that good because in the eighth inning, with he strikes, he's only batting 112. And you That's didn't that. know that. Like, they try to, like, outwit you with this no. shit that doesn't really fucking matter. No, absolutely so
1: not.
2: Once you're like, yeah, we're just going to tell dick jokes, it's like, yeah, I can just show up and do that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Um uh, yeah. No. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and 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 now my mom is blowing dudes I don't even fucking know.
2: She might have. She might have. I'm not saying that. I don't yeah. know,
1: Joanne. I wasn't there. I was yeah. born in 85. I true.
3: can't yeah. the clubs
2: yeah. <laughs> then. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better about the weird, my uh wife's out of town and I'm about to eat in
1: edibles. Oh shit. Well dude, uh I'm sipping on a super cold right now. So that's there you a go. fucking throwback. There you go. Dude, I, this is something that's really been fucking bothering me. I'm a fucking, I'm an OG yuppie junk guy. I even submitted a few questions back in the day. My pledge brother turned me on to it. When you switched from fucking Super Cold to Sam Adams, that really fucking rubbed me the wrong way, dude. Well,
2: um, that was, <laughs> I'll tell you about that. So there's like this old YouTube video. I didn't come up with it. Some like boss, some like Southie like Boston kids just like I think it was Boston they're just like talking about super colds it was like one video and it just like caught my attention it has mm-hmm. been out for years a lot of people know about it and I was just like hey I'm gonna start doing this And I was like let me see because as you as a non-full-time barstool person you're always, like, you're fighting for your ground. You're fighting mm-hmm. for your place within, like, this weird world and this weird web. So if you can come up with your own thing, that helps. And that helps you get a following. It gets people to listen to your podcast, get involved with it, and things like that. And that's one of the reasons I agreed to come on, because I know you used to listen to Yuppie Jumps and send shit in. For sure. I remembered your name. Wow.
3: So
2: <laughs> I'm just like, hey, let's do... So I was just like, you know what? I'm going to do the summer super cold because... Mm-hmm. I normally drink Bud Light, Miller Light, Coors Light, to be honest. Like, it doesn't really matter to yeah. me. I kind of just – I go in, like, phases.
1: Sure.
2: Like, at a certain point, I'm like, oh, Bud Light's gross. Now i got to drink Coors Light until I drink a billion of those. Then I move on. And I was just like, hey, great. Like, it would be really cool if I could do this and, like, get Coors Light to just get involved with it at some mm-hmm. point. And someone, like, reached out to me and I talked to them and was just like, yeah, like, so I'm doing this thing. Like, it would just be really cool. If you guys just sent me a bunch of beer, like that's it. I'm not like it'd be cool to get paid, but if you just sent me a shit ton of beer, that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. And it was like their agency, and they're like, "Well, we can't use it because you don't work at the agency." I was like, "Yeah, you no, know, I'm trying to sell like this campaign to you. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to, you know." And nothing ever happened with it, and then. At one point, Miller Lite sent me stuff, but then Sam Adams came in over the top and was just like, we'll send you two cases every week. <laughs> so it hit a point, and I don't really drink during the week. Mm-hmm. I definitely don't drink at home during the week. Um that I'm just getting two cases of Sam Adams every week, and it was piling up in my apartment. I live in a Manhattan apartment, so mm-hmm. it's not that big. Finally, my wife was like, you got to call this company and tell them to stop sending us beer. Like, every time I would go somewhere, I was showing up with a case of Sam Adams for people. <laughs> I've been thinking about, this summer, only drinking Coronas and calling them oh. Toretto's. Oh, wait. Like, Dom Toretto from Fast... Uh, like the Fast and Furious movies. Oh, okay. I tried it out at a Mexican restaurant in Philly a few weeks ago. The waitress did not appreciate it. <laughs> uh,
1: I, I've always thought that was like the strangest dynamic of you having that connection with both Philly and New York because the cities kind of just – I don't think any city really gets along on the East Coast, but especially not Philly and uh, New York City. It it, it might actually even be stronger than Boston. I don't even know. Maybe maybe it's
2: inferiority complex. I mean, they're only ninety minutes away, but it's mostly Mm -hmm. garbage people. And that's tough. When you see the glitz and glamour in New York City, the you know, cultural capital of the world, and then you've (laughs) got a Rocky Balboa statue. Yeah. Like and you know, really cheesesteaks are like great F meat. And you know, like that's that's really all you got. As like a fan base, you got that one world series. And mm-hmm. then what happens the next year, the Yankees come and face fuck. Yep. It's, you know, it's tough. And, and I get it. I mean, being from New York and going to school in Philly, first thing, um, you know, join a frat. Mm-hmm. And then, a, you know, fraternities like a fraternity house is like jail. Yep. Uh, you've got your different cliques. And yep. so, like, we had the New York click. It was like me, two dudes from Westchester, a dude from Long Island. We kinda let some like North Jersey guys, like we even like central Jersey guys, like Ugh. chill with us. But when someone was going home, it was like you were getting a visitor in prison. It'd be like, Oh yeah, you're going home so your mom must get it. give me a dozen bagels, give yep. me a Joey's black yep. and white cookie.
1: Yep, yep.
2: <laughs> and we're just kind of making each other care packages.
1: Um. But um
2: Philly's a cool city. It's it's growing, it's but it's still small, so you can like go from one side to the other for like in a cab for like ten bucks. Mm. Um it's cheap. It's good a good young place to, like, establish your career. And, um, I mean, it, it's just cheap. I mean, it, it's everything's cheaper than New York.
1: Uh, Austin prices compared to when I – like, even the fucking dive bars back back in my hometown, back in Bergen County. Like, it's just fucking ridiculous. Eight, Eight, ten bucks for a fucking Bud Light. And here, I mean, I walk out on Rainy Street. I mean, we were talking about Eisenhower's earlier. I go over there, I grab a, uh, two sangrias, and I chill for an afternoon.
2: Yeah, I mean, and you can even, if you really want to get, like, weird, you can fuck around and walk out on East 6th and just be like, fuck it. I'm just going to get a dollar beer at, like, like three, like, dollar beers at one of these shitholes
3: mm-hmm. and then just, like, go on your merry wet.
1: Tell yeah. me this. Let me ask you an Austin question. Sure. You
2: ever end up in Ego's doing karaoke?
1: Ego's? I've never heard of Ego's before, but... Ego's I,
2: is at Congress and Riverside, okay. under a hotel, in a parking garage. Okay. And it's like, I don't think they've changed the upholstery from like the 70s, and it's a karaoke bar, um, and it's a real shithole, and you should check it out.
1: I already know who I'm going to go with. Uh, one of my coworkers, who's actually been, she was on like one of like the first episodes of this podcast before I was like reaching out to, I guess, quote unquote, real people. Um, she, she's got a karaoke machine in her home and I really, and she's always posting snap videos. I don't know how her boyfriend hasn't killed her yet. Like I really don't fucking know.
3: She's definitely been the egos. Okay.
1: I'll, I'll be sure to ask her about that. (laughs) Absolutely.
2: (laughs) It was across the street from where I lived. So I could like on my way home. So here's another thing about Austin. So I moved to Austin and I didn't buy a car. I was only there for three months. Okay. So I was only there was a short term thing. It was supposed to be a short term thing. And so I'd go and I worked at Sixth in Congress, whatever it was, the Bank of America building, the big black building at the corner. Uh, Yeah. There.
1: Yep. Yep.
2: So, so I worked there and then I'd go out with people who I work with. You know, we'd go out East Sixth, West Sixth. I'd go out with like my roommate over the Rainy Street. But if I was down on like Sixth Street or some shit like that, I would then be like, all right, I'll see you guys later. I'm going to head home. And I would just start walking. And they're like, wait, where are you going? I'm like, I'm gonna walk home. I live at, I live like eight blocks away. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, I'll just give you a ride. I'm like, but you're shit-faced. And they're just like, <laughs> no, but everyone is. So we all kind of swerve <laughs> the same way. Austin, is it still like the drunk driving capital of the world?
1: I would say yes, because we don't have any Uber or Lyft. <laughs> yeah,
2: I mean, I didn't know the whole reasoning behind it not being there. I just knew it wasn't there anymore. So, yeah, I haven't been back to Austin in a while. I did South by a few years ago, but it's been a bit since I've been there. Uh,
1: you you didn't know um, you you didn't know Cons when he was here uh, over at Camp Mabry, did you?
2: No, he's like he was a stoolie who just came to a lot of events. Like that's how we met him.
1: Gotcha. Does Cons have a real job? Because it just that's- seems like he's always <laughs> hanging out at HQ.
2: Listen, I've got to do a podcast with him in an hour and a half. Oh shit! And- okay. It's one of the first things I'm just going to be like, dude, there's no way you have a job.
1: <laughs>
2: Me and Clem are always saying, like, there's no way you have a job. Like, this is some kind of thing. Like, you came to events. You, like, for a while, you got to know the New York guys. Mm-hmm. We, like, like we were cool with you. And then, like, I think you thought we were getting on to you. So you started hanging out with, like, Riggs and Smitty and the guys not from New York. Mm-hmm. And now you hang out with all those guys and not the New York guys anymore. And, like, they'll wise up to eventually, but you'll probably murder someone on the way. So, because he can kill people, because oh, he's trained to.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. He's Captain cones for a reason. And now he's linked up with Uncle Chaps, and they're doing good stuff together, too. So, you know.
2: Yeah, uh, no, I joke around, but they do a lot of good stuff for, yeah. uh, like, military awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I don't know. just... Showing that and everybody who joins the military isn't either there because they're dumb or doesn't come out like Dude. totally fucked. But like some people do come out kind
1: of yeah. fucked. Yeah, they do. And
2: yeah. they need support because they've you know gone to war for us. Yeah. And that was talking to military with JJ.
1: <laughs> I remember sitting in my fucking desk listening to uh, that Zero Block Thirty episode where Khan's kind of came out about his uh, PTSD, and I was just sitting there like holy shit, like, I don't know what I'm gonna do with the rest of my day, but... uh, That's funny,
2: because I texted him, like, dude, you should have done it.
1: So, that's a a different relationship we have. Holy shit. Okay, uh, switching gears. Um, So, you kind of alluded to it earlier. Uh, You uh, you went to Philly, you went to Drexel, Um, you couldn't go Greek, so you went Teak, and you somehow became fucking president. Maybe this is a better question for Germ, but what were you like as a pledge? As a pledge. Because if, because if I don't know you, I think you're just like the biggest fucking asshole jerk I've ever met in my entire life. But we have the yeah. same sense of humor, so I don't care.
2: Yeah, so I rolled into Philly. Now, yeah, you had your mind, Drexel. At the time, I don't know what the numbers are now, but at the time when I went there, it was like 16,000 students, but mostly commuters. Mm-hmm. So whether it's the commuters or people who are coming living in the dorms, They are a lot of times from like the Philly area. They haven't met like someone from the Bronx who just has like a certain way of doing things. My roommate was from Sleepy Hollow in Westchester. Okay. So like we came in like a head full of steam. But it was straight up like, All right, I'm gonna bring a bottle of Bacardi Lamon and a handle of vodka. You bring a half an ounce of weed, we're ready to go to college. That sounds like a
1: high school party, (laughs) Lamon. Wait, wait, wasn't that a thing?
2: we're coming out of high school. So that's all we knew at the time, but we were like, we're not going to worry about having to get into some frat party or whatever to, to, you know, we're going to make sure we have shit just in case. Mm -hmm. And like chicks like Bacardi Lamone and we like chicks. So we're going to bring that shit. It did not work. So we, um, so yeah, so I was just like, I talked my roommate into rushing with me. I met this kid next door to me, germ, Mm -hmm. um, got him to, to come out with me. And, yeah, in terms of, like, actually, like, pledging, I was, um, I was like, a top pledge. Like, I was always oh, there. Oh, no, you're super pledged. Like,
1: oh, that's so disappointing.
2: No, it was like, yo, <laughs> hey, you need me to go do shit? So, because by being a good pledge, you got a better initiation number, and I knew in the long run of things those initiation numbers mattered for when you were picking rooms and things like oh, that. Oh, okay, so it's, like, in. housing
1: points. Okay, I got you.
2: So I was just like, listen, I'm just going to be like a top dude. I wasn't like president of my pledge class. I didn't hold any kind of office, but I was just like, listen, I'm going to be at the house. It's better than sitting in the dorm. Mm-hmm. There's weed here. There's beer here. Yep. There's girls here. Um, And I'll just like, I'll be there. Yo, you need me to run the 7-Eleven? Great. I'm high as shit. That's fine. No problem. <laughs> Let's do it. And then, um, then I would come up with dumb ideas sometimes. Like I'd be like, guys, like, we were going to play Edward Forty Hands. We should just go to the house. The brothers will tape us up, like not realizing that they're going to tape a billion extra things to us and yep. really fuck with us the whole time.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um,
2: but yeah, there were there were a few like. But I wasn't good at like the manual labor. We had to do a lot of manual labor of like house, housing cleaning,
1: improvement clean, pla- projects. Yep.
2: Yeah, cleaning up after parties, stuff like that. I set off a fire alarm twice in a day. One time was with a shop vac where I shop back like a, a a bunch of I don't know like dust up off the ground mm-hmm. and the shop back I, I don't still don't know how they work. But whatever it is it's sucked up and it's shot straight up into the ceiling, right into a smoke alarm. So like <laughs> so the fire department comes and oh, they gotta be like, yeah, we got an idiot pledge, like sorry, da 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 they leave. Then we have to take down these ceiling tiles, like a drop ceiling. And, like, the basement was fucking gross. There were flies and shit. So, like, what are we going to do with these flies? And I was like, I got an idea. I found this aerosol spray can, and I got a lighter. I'm just going to blowtorch them. Mm -hmm. And I'm doing it, and flies are falling out of the sky. But then at a certain point, I went too close to a smoke detector, and the fire department had to come back. (laughs) Like, same day, it was probably, like, within an hour. They were just like, stop doing work.
1: God damn it, JJ.
2: Dude, that's what happens when you're, like, 19. I think during this same work party, someone said if you had, like, the equivalent of, like, a cock ring on, you could lift more weight. And I had, like, a lip Strong bracelet. I was like, let's <laughs> just fucking throw this thing on and see if I can bench
1: more. <laughs> it's like one of those fighting necklaces.
2: Yeah, like, let's just fucking figure this out. Let's try to get a rubber band around my, around my <laughs> Uh You know, I was an idiot. I was 19, but, you know, I definitely saw, like, you can join a frat and you can... Uh, get a lot of girls that way. Yeah. And then I got like six girls and then I'm married to one of them. So I kind of fucked that up.
1: Yeah, uh, something I've I've always wondered, and I, I, I hope you do and don't take this the wrong way, but how did you end up with such a good-looking wife when you look the way you do?
2: Because I'm the most interesting person in any room I walk into.
1: Okay, that's fair. Um,
2: yeah, I mean... We can't reiterate it enough. I mean, KFC talked about, like, his wife is is hot. Mm-hmm. My wife's hot. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you look at, like, the girls. Now there's obviously a money factor with Dave, but, like, you know, Renee was too good-looking good for him. Um, <laughs> yeah, just, like, girls enjoy someone who's, like, funny and interesting and can, like, be themselves. Mm-hmm. But also when you're, like, trying to get girls, if you think about it, you're at a bar and a bunch of people are laughing at your jokes like the girls are like who's that guy who's the center of attention um so just always do that if you're ever in a bar that sells ponies of beer like rolling
3: rock ponies Mm -hmm. um like seven ounce beers just get like 10 of them
2: each for your whole crew and say you're having a pony race but like there's like five of you now you're ordering 50 beers and that gets a lot of attention from people. And they look over and girls come over and are like, what are you doing? And you're like, oh, we're just having a pony race. But, like, I'll i break the rules to give you one. And now, <laughs> next thing you know, you're, you got a chick.
1: Yeah. Wow. Th- and that was talking pickup with JJ. Yeah. <laughs> um. So wh- what I'm most concerned about is yuppie junk. Now, now you kind of fucking tickled my nuts with that fucking tweet that you put out a few days ago saying to keep keep up to date and stay subscribed. Now, I kind of realized that I mean, it it was kind of obvious once germ left and and, you know, like co-host Clem and cons obviously do a fucking unreal job when they're coming on the show. But uh, w- when you started doing, like, the like the New York City comedy stuff, like, it, like, it, it kind of became obvious that it wasn't really what you wanted to do.
2: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I'll, I'll kind of explain why I, why I stopped doing it. So, So, um, I started doing Yuppie Junk. So, Yuppie Junk used to be a blog that I wrote back in 2009. Yeah. Um, and I was doing, I was writing... Six to eight articles a day while I was still while I was working. Oh shit!
1: How did you find time to do that?
2: I wasn't good at my job.
1: Oh okay, so I got gotcha. fired
2: eventually. Okay, uh, okay. Um, <laughs> and so at that point, I was like, I need to get a new job and focus on that rather than do this. Um, it was getting a little notoriety, Philly, but we had a podcast.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It was called the Power Hour podcast, and we did a Power Hour. That's right. It was yep. Sixty minutes. Yep. We live streamed it, and one time. 70 people listen live and I was like this is amazing Mm -hmm. um I didn't have an iPhone I didn't know where podcasts went germ just put it somewhere um so then all these years later um I'm at barstool KFC's got podcasts and they're going well and I'm going on his shows and people are enjoying it and they're like you should have your own thing and I'm like sure you know so I I start doing it but it was outside of barstool I always kept my stuff outside of barstool because like there is financial and political reasons to do it
1: mm-hmm, for sure.
2: But I made the commitment to the listeners that said, I'm always going to put out a good product. I'm going to give it my all and I'm going to put it out every Monday. It'll always be there when you wake up on Monday. And for 104 weeks, I did that
1: dude. I know um, I, I did. It was, it was like a, it was a ritual. It was like, okay, it's uh it's, it's what Monday, I'm listening to I'm listening to JJ and whatever the fuck he gets into. Exactly. So
2: I did that. I kept that promise, and to do that for two years mm-hmm. is very tough. It started off that me and Germ are going to do this thing. Then then he couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. So I had other guys, and then with Barcel moving to New York and all these guys coming here, um, I kind of was like. I feel like a lot of people are trying to start like the same show that I have and they have a bigger platform and I'm going to let them go and I'm going to let them fail. And I think we've seen a lot of people start shows and fail,
1: Mm, uh, Um, especially as of recently.
2: Yes. Um, And I was totally comfortable letting people do that. And then I was like, well, how can I be different? Because I don't want to just put out the same show. There are a lot of times where I would have a guest, and then that guest was on someone else's show the next week. I would have a guest, they would have next week. I wanted to have a guest, someone else had them, So I didn't want to do that, because I never wanted to follow it. It would throw off my shit. And I wasn't having fun doing it, and I was, you know... So I tried this comic thing, and really I did, because I wanted to... There were some people who I wanted to meet I was interested to talk to. But then I started to realize, like, I can interview people. I think I do a good job interviewing people. Mm-hmm. But I don't, that's not what I love doing. For sure. I like telling jokes. Yep. I like telling stories, just dicking around very casual, like we're doing. And I was just like, my heart's not fully in this. And I was going to Europe for two weeks, and I said, I can either bring these fucking microphones and figure out doing a show, drag them around Europe with me, or I can take a week off. Yep. And I took a week off, and I came back, and I recorded a 105th episode, yep. and... I my heart just wasn't in it. And then literally I had someone scheduled for the 106th episode. It was a Saturday morning. I woke up and I was hung over shit and said, I have almost no interest in doing this show right now. I have no interest in putting myself through it. Mm-hmm. Why am I doing this? I'm yeah. not into it. So I basically i put out a thing that said, Hey guys, this is why there wasn't a show. I got I to gotta get passionate about this. Yeah. And so, I just spent the weekend in Chicago. I spent a week in Chicago. I think Chicago... Chicago people had wanted me to go do a live show there, and I never did. Yeah. I I feel like I could have sold out the United Center after this weekend, because so many people came up to me in Chicago and said, I love Yuppie Junk, bring it back. I love Yuppie Junk, bring it back. And mm-hmm. I've been getting a lot of love Yuppie Junk, miss Yuppie Junk, bring it back. Sure. And that helps kind of... Fuel my passion to do it. So I'm working through some things. Okay. And there's a good chance that Yuppie Junk does come back um, in kind of the, the oldest form. Uh, definitely not interviewing, comment, you know, doing it that I want to do.
3: Okay, cool. Um,
2: it may not come out every week. Okay. I may say, listen, hey, there's some weeks I'm not going to do it. Because when I first did it, I said, I'm going to do this to make money. I flat out said, I'm going to make money doing this. Mm -hmm. I can get ads. I can get a premium thing. That's what I'm going to do. But now there's kind of an itch that needs some scratching. And I'm going to see if uh, I can find a way to to scratch that itch and entertain people. So for right now, if you're subscribed to Yuppie Jump, I would stay subscribed because I'm not going to announce that anything's out. One day you'll wake up and there'll be something. (laughs) There'll
1: be something. Okay. Hey, uh now now that we're uh best buds, would you mind texting me and being like, oh like like if you save my number. I don't I don't know what my guests do with my number. Maybe they delete it. I don't fucking know, but you know, maybe maybe just like send me like a like a you up just posted YJ episode 106. But but you'll forget what episode number it is, so it really doesn't fucking matter.
2: Yeah, and I don't even know. I might just be like, "Hey, it's kind of like a new thing. I I don't know. I'm working through some some stuff right now, but uh, people who listen and people who reach out and shit, it's like the most encouraging thing mm-hmm. and there's definitely an itch that needs to be scratched. I, I did that for a little bit doing stand-up like kind of during this hiatus Um but I don't like hanging out at comedy clubs. Like it's weird. I don't, you know, I, I yeah. just don't like doing it. I don't like going out on Tuesday nights to do stuff like that. I'd much rather be at home watching TV, watching baseball. Uh, so that didn't do it for me. And I mean, I think that's kind of what we're we're all looking to do. I just happen to have a platform where I I can kind of call my own shots to a certain extent.
1: Sure. Is that kind of what you liked about, or, or continue to like about stand up? uh as, as it, it's kind of like all on you to go up there and make me laugh or I don't, I don't know how many minutes of uh stuff you've got five fifteen twenty minutes whatever it's kind of just like you on the stage doing your thing whatever you want to fucking talk about and if people like it that's cool if they don't fuck them
2: yeah it's the most vulnerable you can be um you you need to get to a place mentally mm-hmm. to hit what you said so have you ever done stand-up
1: i i've considered it a bunch of times but no never never
2: so um if you go to like a good place to do it one of the things they don't tell you in advance is you can't see anyone because it's all dark so that freaks you out at first um the very first time you do it that happened to me um the first time you bomb you like it's the worst feeling in the world but after you crush like a bunch of times Mm -hmm. then you get comfortable with it you're like fuck it like these are my ideas. This is what I'm putting out there. And it depends on where you do it. So in New York, if you go and you do like open mics, it sucks because it's just other like struggling comics who have never been paid to do comedy. And they're just there talking over your set about their set. No one's paid to come see. No one wants is like, hey, I'm going to go check out an open mic. I bet that it's going to be fucking great because mm-hmm. it's not going to be. So now I've built it up where I can kind of book like kind of wherever I you know, want in New York for the most part. And I can just say like, "Hey, I've got you know, twenty six thousand Twitter followers, and I want to come tell jokes." Mm-hmm. And you know, I can go do it. If I want to do it for free, I can reach out. If pe- people want to pay me, they reach out and offer me money. And if it works out, you know, sometimes it's, "Hey, we'll give you fifty bucks to do ten minutes." And I just say, "What time?" And if they say, <laughs> "Well, you go up about eight fifty. I'll be around the corner at another bar with my friends. Eight forty five, I'll walk over, walk in." sell 10 minutes of jokes, take my 50 bucks and leave. Perfect. So it's definitely, it's very important to me to control my own, kind of control my own destiny. I'm a bit of a control freak. So that's yeah. why Guppy Junk was its own thing. Um, that, you know, I started my own LLC for it so I can manage mm-hmm. all the money. Um, I never had an intern. I edited everything myself.
1: Uh, at times, I tried I to on myself by doing that. I emailed you. I said, hey, if you need some help, I'm here. <laughs> and you wrote back and you wrote back a very out. nice reply a, a very nice and polite. No.
2: Yeah. I, so I got a bunch of them. I try to respond to like anyone who emails me about anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, when people offer to be your intern and you're just like, well, I don't I feel like the expectations people have, especially at that time where I'm going to become an intern for this. Maybe I'll become like a part of the show somehow. Then I'll get a following. I'll kind of be like Charlie Wisco did. And I yeah. couldn't promise that to anyone. Yep. And um, I feel like that was the expectation. And even if I say, hey, I can't promise this to you, that'll still be the expectation. And then you become a liability of mine because you, then you start trying to like show out on Twitter or whatever. And it, yeah, kind I- of what Burstool going through right now.
1: Exa- right. Yeah, they're kind of going through, like, an, an identity crisis. And Prez was kind of talking about, like, uh, especially with, like, the cervix killer and every, like, I mean, I'm just because I have you on, I'm not going to change my name to Yuppie Junk Rick or something like that. But that was really going on there. And Prez was liable for a lot of shit that was going on. Uh, well, I just kind of think,
2: like, all right, when you say, hey, I'm looking for an intern,
1: uh-huh.
2: uh, I'm thinking, hey, you might proofread blogs for me. You might do some research for me. You might go get coffee. You might, like, I think Barstool as a whole maybe needs, like, three interns. Mm-hmm. Um, but then everyone gets an intern. And then every one of those interns wants to become a character. And if you look and you watch the rundown and they go to, like, the wide shot, all the all the interns are sitting right there on the couch. Because yep. they're hoping, like, maybe I'll get pulled into some storyline and then this is my thing where I'm full-time and now I'm Robbie Fox.
3: Yep, yep. But,
2: there's a big talent differentiator between a guy like Robbie Fox and some of those guys who are sitting on the couch there, um, and it's not going to happen for everyone, or it's not going to happen overnight for everyone. Yeah. And I just I didn't know how to properly measure people's expectations, and so it's kind of like a fault of my own as like a manager. So I was just like, yeah, I'm just not gonna not gonna do it with uh, with anyone right now.
1: Yeah. No, that makes sense, and I think Charlie Wisco. Uh, Shout out to Charlie Wisco, Huge fan of him as well. Uh, Congrats on graduating from uh, Wisconsin. Um, uh, He's kind of done it the right way where he started off, I mean, he was talking to uh, Brendan Clancy. And he was just behind the scenes doing KFC radio stuff for what seems like years.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, Charlie reached out and said, hey. So everyone reached out and says, hey, I'll do whatever it takes. Yeah. I'll do whatever. But then most of the time you give them something and they don't do it. Charlie kept doing it enough before he like let them down. There was a time where he just like went out and got drunk and they were like, where the fuck's the episode? Um, But he had earned enough credit to have like that fuck up. And then like a year later, he had another fuck up. But he like stayed pretty consistent with it. Mm -hmm. One that I said, and I know, you know, you sent me an email about it. But I dropped a billion hints saying, you know, everyone says they want to do something but no one's done anything yet. Yep. Like if someone had come to me and said, Hey, I made like a best of from like for the first 10 episodes. And so now you have like this extra thing you can put out, like when you need a week off, um, without me telling them to do it, they would have become my intern, yeah. but no one was proactive. Everyone
1: just sent me <laughs> Thanks JJ. I appreciate it, man. <laughs> yeah, keeping it honest. Yeah, no, for sure. No, no. That's that. I mean, uh, uh, Brendan Clancy just tweeted it out a few days ago. He was like, out of everyone that applied to be an intern, no one has ever tried or had a podcast of their own. How are you going to come and do this podcast when you know absolutely nothing about it or what goes into it and doing it on a weekly basis? Or uh, I'm assuming KFC Radio. I mean, you guys just make, well, well, they are pumping out episodes on episodes on episodes. KFC Radio, Podfathers, whatever.
2: Most people don't want to be an intern. They just want to meet Big Cat. <laughs> That's all it is.
1: Yup, yup. Now every everyone wants to meet Dan. I don't blame them. Seems like a cool guy.
2: Yeah, he's a nice guy. He's physically he's physically imposing when you meet him.
1: Mm-hmm. what, what is he like? Six, three, 2, yeah, like, two yeah. something. Yeah, six
2: three. Well, yeah, we'll call it two something.
1: All right. Well, I'm a little bit bigger than him, no worries. Um, but uh, going back to it, kind of kind of being serious right now, one thing that I always respected about you is you were kind of under like the KFC Radio whatever umbrella. But yuppie junk really kind of was your own thing. Kind of to the point where Dave didn't really even know who the fuck you were.
2: Yeah, no. So, cause like, I don't, I still don't like, I, I, I think I've been in the office like four or five times. Like mm-hmm. I'm never there. Mm-hmm. I was there for something and Dave was like, what are you doing here? Like, his uh, most people are like, what are you doing here? Cause I'm only there if I'm there to do something because mm-hmm. I don't just, you know, just hanging out in an office. It's kind of weird. Um, so yeah, so I was going. This was at the time when Barcel wasn't doing KFC Radio. Just these guys were doing KFC Radio. Dave didn't think podcasts were anything. He yeah. was like, "We're not going to invest in them." He probably cost himself millions of dollars by <laughs> by having that mentality. So these guys were doing their own thing. Like from the beginning, I was like, "Hey, whatever you need, like I'm there. You want, you know, I'll come tell some jokes. Whatever you want." And then when they gave me every gave me an opportunity. I was there. I did it. I delivered. Mm-hmm. So then it was like, all right, well, like I'm going to do a podcast. So what we'll do is we'll just call KFC Radio, like, the umbrella and we'll just say Yuppie Junk's a part of that. It keeps it from people being like, oh, shit, you just are a competitive thing, you know, or, yeah. you know, whatever. Oh, they're probably beefing, whatever, you know, whatever the hell it is.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So we'll just stop doing that. We'll, you know, we'll cut that off. Um, and the idea was at the time, because you don't know where is going to go. For sure. um, you know, at that point, this is Two and a half years ago. So churning money wasn't coming in. Yep. Dave's buying horses. So who <laughs> knows what the future is of Barstool. So now, you know, Kevin and Brendan kind of looking out to protect themselves too. It was like, well, why we start this own brand. And then other people started, you know, Wine with Kelly came in, mm-hmm. um, you know, and gave it a try. A bunch of people did. But I just kept churning out, you know, kind of doing my own thing. And I'd have yeah. Kevin on like once a year. Yeah. Try not to go to that well too often. And uh, yeah, it, you know, just, just, you know, it was important to me to, uh, you know, run my own shit. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No. I. I. have just. I've just kind of always respected it because there are a bunch of people who are who have in the past, and I've I've been reading Barstool pretty much religiously since I was like a sophomore in high school. So, what what once I moved over from Bro Bible <laughs> to uh to to Barstool, uh back back when it was just Prez, K Marco and KFC pretty much. So, yeah. um so yeah, no, that's that that's something that I've always respected that, that as as you just said, you're you're not coming back to the well to say, "Oh, I, I got to have I got to have so and so on so I can stay relevant in the Barstool world." You've kind of quietly but persistently been doing your own thing. And I think for a long time, obviously 105 episodes, maybe 100-ish episodes, you've been putting out what you would consider and what I would consider very high-quality content that is really fucking funny.
0: Yeah, I
2: mean, I I think there, um, in general, there always has been, but there are a lot of people who... um you know, kind of hanger-on, hanger-ons, mm-hmm. I don't know how you say that, but um, <laughs> I just, I never wanted to be considered that, I mean, I, go, I do work, I put in my blogs and, and everything, Sure. but I, I just didn't want it to be, you know, he's leeching off the Barstool name, mm-hmm. and um, at a certain point, like, I had a conversation with Dave about Yuppie Junk, and, um, you know, and he always said, like, yeah, you never tried to, you know, mooch off us, you do good work for us, and you have your own thing, like, I'm totally cool
1: with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, kind of. Hey, do you want to get into some emails? I, I I don't know if you've done that for a while, but
2: yeah, I can still joke around about pretty much anything.
1: All right, cool. Uh, we're coming up on about fifty minutes. I want to be great, like concerned about like your time. How, how much? How much longer do I have you for, man?
2: Uh, if we can make it like uh, no more than like ten minutes, because I still have to watch the challenge. For although sure, I have a DVR. Yep, yep. uh, so I can do that show after because Absolutely. I'm thirty-two and I do a show about the challenge.
1: Well, you know what, then, let me just, let me ask you a question from my life that I've been meaning to ask you on Yuppie Junk, except there's no fucking podcast to ask it on anymore. So, um, in about two or three weeks, I'm moving in with a girl. And and I know what you're thinking, I know what you're thinking, um... So she actually came on the podcast, she's on like the fourth or fifth episode, and we kind of discussed what went on. Uh, We both work at the same place, Uh, we've hooked up, she's into black dudes, I'm like the whitest, like I'm the most English-Irish person you've ever fucking met in your life, Um, and now we're living together. We just signed a 14-month lease. Did I fuck up, or am I getting- That is wild. That is wild. Yeah, when you say
2: hooked up, do you mean-
1: her. no 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 but okay. but but well, but at least but we both at think we're like equally we both think we're both like equally horrible people like like she's a really good friend of mine but it's like i would never fucking date you because like i think you're a horrible person so
2: you probably did you only
1: hook up once yeah uh we uh we were out in san francisco uh, on a boat on the 4th of July and made out, uh, under the fireworks in front of all our coworkers. So that was like, I, I work for like, kind of like a, like a startup inside a fortune 100 company. And, um, and I know that makes no sense, but just follow me here. And it is the most incestuous fucking place I've ever been. Like, like it's more like, like it's honestly like, uh, I'm like I'm back at IU in a frat house. Dude, I moved
2: to Austin partially because I was banging my secretary at the startup that <laughs> yeah. I sold to a company in Austin, and she got moved there. If you if you run into a girl named Lindsay with a big wing down, going down her thigh, okay, like, she'll, she'll fuck you.
1: Right? Okay, thanks, dude. I'll look out um, for Lindsay.
2: Oh, uh, dude, imagine you were like, "Yo, is this her?" And it's just her blowing you in and and a text message. Oh uh, man, is that she thirty
1: two or or how old is yeah. she? Okay. Yeah. Okay.
2: Um. So, yeah, I mean, that's wild. I mean, that's wild for a few reasons. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't want to sound racist about this, but, like, you're going to hear the shit you got with, like, just getting dug out by black dudes. Oh, dude,
1: is, I, like, I already know I'm going to be hearing her get her guts beat out. Uh, but luckily our rooms are on the other side um, of okay. the apartment. So,
2: like, but also, like, you're going to end up fucking her at some point. Like, you may be like, <laughs> you're fucking gross. You're fucking gross. We're both gross. We hate each other. Da da da. But, like, you're going to get Texas drunk one night okay. and just be like, yo, what if this goes in that? Um, and you just got to hope it's near or at the end of your lease okay. so that it doesn't make things awkward.
1: Okay, well, it's a 14-month lease, so. So
2: you got a while. Maybe you got yeah. Maybe start off with some head.
1: <laughs> Jen's going to fucking, you, you, know, you know, that, hey, she came on the pod. We discussed it. You know, this is out in the open. Everyone knows about it, so, you know, it just kind of is what it is. So are, are you saying I've made a, a – did I make a mistake? Because I'm stay, staying in the same place on rainy just moving up a few floors, better view, better everything, um, have I made a huge fucking mistake or am I going to look back on this and be like, Listen, okay, not this is every fucking Listen
2: Not every quarterback who leaves the pocket mm-hmm. ends up getting their heads knocked off. Sometimes they end up breaking it for a nice run. Most of the time they get their fucking head knocked off. You've made the decision so far to leave the pocket, okay? And now we're gonna see what you do. You might run with it, you know. You got
1: to watch out. You
2: got to bob and weave. Yeah,
1: true. How many bathrooms in that place? Oh, two. We we've got separate bathrooms, separate bathrooms, separate bedrooms. Pretty much. Girls are fucking gross. Oh, dude, I know. Like boys, boys were messy. Girls are fucking gross, and I brought this up with her a number of times. Girls' bathrooms are disgusting. So much worse than guys. Hair everywhere. Ugh. Fucking, ugh, ugh, dude, I don't want to fucking think about it. Um, all right, so that was something that I would have sent in to you, but uh, so uh, I tweeted out. I said, "Hey, got got a guy from Barstool coming on. Uh, send me your best. Uh, send me your best stuff." And I think I think this is kind of my favorite one. And, you know, it's short and simple and sweet. So, and I've only got you for a few more minutes. So this one says, um, hey, Rick and JJ. um, So a little bit of backstory. Uh, One of my buddies is dating a girl that I had hooked up with, but never had sex with. Um, We're all home for summer. And he just texted me out of the blue and asked me why I never fucked his girlfriend. Uh, I haven't seen him in a little while. So uh, since we're home for summer. Um, but I haven't text him, texted him back yet. What should I say? Um, Has anyone no, ever I'm asked wrong. you that question before? <laughs> no, no one's been like, yo,
2: know, like, because there's two ways to take it. It's tough to get, like, you know, the the tone over text. Because mm-hmm. he may be like, hey, why didn't you? Because she gave some, like, wild story of why didn't. Yeah. Or he may be like, why didn't you? Because, like... Do you think my girlfriend's ugly? Why didn't you fuck his
1: girlfriend? <laughs> that, that's just, I, I could never imagine, like, getting that text message. Someone just being like, yo, dude. Like, like, someone that your friend, like, I don't even know if this is better, if this is, like, an enemy or, like, a frenemy or, like, one of your good buddies. Just texting you and being like, why didn't you fuck my girl? Why didn't you fucking dig out my girlfriend?
3: Yeah,
2: I mean, I've been asked, like, did you fuck my girlfriend (laughs) And, like, that makes sense. But a lot of the, uh, but why didn't you? That's a rough one. That's, uh, I mean, but here's the thing. Like, why would he ask that question? Just shoot him straight and be like, hey, here's why I didn't fuck your girlfriend. You're better friends with him than you are her.
1: Do you think this is one of those, uh, so so, so you're saying shoot it straight in, in, instead of texting back and being like, um, why are you asking LOL? And the LOL is crucial.
2: Yeah, I mean, you could do that uh, and then like find out why, but then you're just like playing this like LOL back and forth, like mm. weird, like text game with one of your guy friends and it's like pseudo gay, but like it's 2017, <laughs> so it's all right.
1: Yeah, true my when, when I first read this when, uh, and w- when I first read this it was like oh I think your buddy's girlfriend stole his phone and thought you were gonna reply back right away and now that he hasn't maybe the girlfriend's like deleted the text message so my thing would be don't respond and call your buddy in like a week when you know he's alone by himself and call him and just be like dude why the fuck did you ask me that because I think the girlfriend stole the phone here. And she's trying to find out, like, does does JJ not think I'm hot? Like, why didn't he fuck me?
2: Does he listen to the show? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, he's gonna, you're going to find out. Yeah, if, I guess I will. To know. I guess I will. Sometimes it's best to just air it out in front of a few thousand people.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, well, dude, you've been extremely gracious with your time. You, uh, you've got a lot of other more important shit to do. So, um, do you want to plug your stuff, and we'll just leave it at that?
2: Yeah, follow me on Twitter at Borschtul JJ. Um, I guess you could follow my maybe podcast. Maybe it's coming back. Maybe it's not mm-hmm. at Yuppie Junk. Um, or you know, find it on iTunes and all that stuff. yuppiejunk.com. dot um, If you're into the Yankees, definitely follow me. If you like weird. Uh, Dick jokes at times, mm-hmm. or me judging my co-workers, definitely follow me. <laughs> uh, if you like to see weird people do weird stuff on the subway, definitely follow me.
3: Yep. Um,
2: but yeah, that's basically it. Uh, I write for Barstool, uh, Barstool Sports, New York, baseball, that kind of fun stuff. And uh, yeah, this was a good time. This wasn't as weird as it could have been. No. I think that's the best compliment you can get.
1: Thanks, dude. I Actually, I don't think it's ever gotten like really other than you saying my mom was blowing the 86 mets i didn't Uh, say she was i said she might have uh, allegedly allegedly think about it not saying anything but just saying okay i got you (laughs) it doesn't really ever get weird it just gets like deeply personal and serious which is why i always tell people don't listen for the first 20 minutes because it's just me being a dick until like i can get past like the first few layers and then we're like actually communicating on like a deeper level and thanks a lot jj i really appreciate it man. no
0: problem don't let the real see you watching out of time Netflix she ain't got no cable okay though plug 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 I'm the plug for Bitch, you looking at the one I'm the best yet And yet my best is yet to come Cause I've been looking for somebody Not just any fucking body Don't make me catch a body That's for any and everybody Oh my God She hit me up all day Get no response Bitch, you blow my heart That's like turning gold to bronze Roll my eyes And when she on the molly She a zombie She think we clodding Bonnie But it's more like Whitney Bobby God forgive me Told you effin' us And I'm a legend Straight up out the crescent Fly your bait on For the essence For the record Truth and money never lie, no I'm the one, yeah I'm the one early morning in the dark Don't you know, girl, don't you know, girl, I am